Welcome to the Sioux Nation Podcast. I'm Jill Funky, Communications Manager at Sioux Nation Ag Center, and we are so glad you found us. Sit back and listen as our staff hosts welcome guests from all aspects of the livestock production industry. It's our mission at Sioux Nation to arm regional, small, and medium producers with all of the resources we can put in front of them. And now, on with the program. Hello, and welcome to the Sioux Nation Podcast. I'm your Sioux Nation Ag Center staff host, Jill Funky, and joining me on the show today is Dr. Mark Alley from Zoetis. Our episode is dedicated to the specifics of livestock parasite management. Thank you for being here today, Dr. Mark. Thank you for the invitation. So can we start off by, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do for Zoetis? Sir, yes. I'm a managing veterinarian with Zoetis. I'm based in North Carolina. I have responsibilities primarily throughout the Southeast, working with cow-calf and stalker operations. And I've been with them for about a little over nine years now. I want to ask you about a well-planned parasite management program, because that's important to the overall health of a cow herd. It is especially important in areas where grass is short due to drought, and lots of our areas around us are, are dealing with that right now. Why is it even more important to have a strong parasite management plan during and then following drought? Yes, so anytime that we're dealing with, with drought, it really is bad for the cattle industry as a whole. And parasites if we look at that one component of what may happen within the drought, they're really nutrient robbers and they're going to survive no matter what happens. And with our resources being very limited, we want to make sure that that they're not taken away from our livestock. And then when it gets really into the parasite control, it really is a double-edged sword because for the parasite to really go through their complete life cycle, they do need some moisture. Unfortunately, in drought conditions, we end up with cows remaining in much closer contact than normal. And with that really short grass, they really do have a much greater ability to pick up parasites, especially that infective larva that they can't travel very far. So they live in that bottom two to three inches of the forage. So if we've got real short forage out there and limited moisture, and we've got our cattle even closer confined, the likelihood of, of internal parasites may be Uh, even worse. So then how should a cattle producer approach their parasite management program following a drought? So in reality, um, we typically think about parasite management as kind of an add-on to the other logistics of, of management that we do. So most or very few people actually end up going in and making a, a change from a parasite management standpoint following a drought. But this is a really good time for producers to really have that conversation with their veterinarians about what to do. Because as we mentioned there earlier, where moisture is needed for those parasites to uh, transmit to the livestock, when we get new moisture, we get new grass growth, we've got parasites that have lived in the environment or even in the host for a period of time. And now we run the risk of our most susceptible animals actually becoming infected very quickly. So that's the key. Think about the animals that are most susceptible with the youngest animals being first, especially animals that are under 12 months of age. And then think about the cow herd and any of those animals that may be nutritionally compromised or a little bit on the thin side, parasites are stealing some of those nutrients that if we use an effective parasite control program like Dectamax or Valvazin, we may be able to uh, alleviate some of that and make sure all the nutrients are, are used appropriately. 
Could you talk to us about ingredient families in parasite control products, and why are those so important for producers to understand? We typically think about an ingredient family as, as a type of parasiticide, and it's really defined by what is the mode of action or how does that active ingredient actually kill the parasite. And oftentimes, we, when we think about a complete program, we really want to focus on the ingredient family and not just the brand names because a lot of the brand name products will have similar uh, active ingredients. At this point in time, in the U.S., we have four important uh, ingredients available to us. First one will be benzimidazole, and this is commonly referred to as the white dewormers. These are provided as typically a drench. They're provided orally. Um, there's also a feed-through that's available for one of the products. These products act very rapidly in the animal system, and they actually result in direct exposure to the internal parasite, and it actually starves the parasite, and that's how it ends up killing it. Some examples of those would be products like fenbendazole or oxfenbendazole. So fenbendazole would be Safeguard would be a brand name and Synanthic would be the brand name for oxfenbendazole. Another one of those would be albendazole. That particular product is brand named as Valzin. It also has some efficacy against liver flukes, which the other white dewormers do not. And this family of products don't last very long, but they do a very nice job against some of our parasites, specifically Caperia, Hemonchus, and Nematodirus. The next group is the macrocyclic lactones, and these products can be provided as either an injectable or topical administration. And the primary method of the way they work is they actually kill the parasite by paralyzing that particular parasite. Some examples of some of the drug names included here would be Dormectin, brand name Dectamax, Ivermectin, brand names Ivermectin, Normectin, or Bimectin. Moxidectin, brand name Cydectin, or Epernamectin, brand names Epernex or Long Range. And these products actually last a lot longer than a lot of our other products. And they have very good efficacy against inhibited larvae, which some of our other products are not quite as good. Additionally, these products do have efficacy against both biting and sucking lice. And uh, also sometimes they will have some fly control if we include the topicals there. The third ingredient class is the metathiazoles, and these can be provided either as injectable or oral. These products also paralyze the parasite, but just to have a different mechanism of action of doing that. Some of the examples of this would be products like levamisole, commonly marketed as Prohibit or Levamed as soluble drenches. And then the fourth group is the benzene sulfonamides, and these are injectables. This particular class of dewormer is primarily associated with chlorcelon, and they inhibit the enzyme specifically in flukes, and they do a nice job of killing those flukes and market it as a product called Ivermec Plus. Finally, there is a combination of dormectin and labamisol from Zoetis that is now available. It combines two active ingredients, providing a much more comprehensive parasite control alternative for producers and veterinarians. This product will be sold as an injectable prescription-only product, so we encourage producers to contact their veterinarians to learn more about it. So could you tell us how important it is for producers to know what exact parasite challenges are in their area? Yeah, so one of the big things that we talked about there earlier was understanding the life cycle and how that may change how we develop our parasite control programs. The other thing that 
is unique is that we've moved cattle around a lot. So what has historically been what we've taken for granted uh, may not be the case any longer. So we've spread parasites from one geography to the other. So, for example, one of the most important ones is ostrich asia. And this, this particular parasite is, is more active or at least more commonly identified in, in cooler weather. It has a unique ability compared to the others to actually inhibit its ability to go through the maturation process if it does not think it's going to survive. Other examples of those would be parasites like Coperia, Homonchus, or maybe even Nematodirus. These parasites are not as well controlled with some of our avermectin class of dewormers or the macrocyclic lactones. So we may need to look at some other alternatives to control those parasites. How does accurate dosing and application play into the efficacy of parasite control products? It's a really good question. So the challenge that we face, especially here in the U.S., is that we've not had any new uh, molecules available for controlling cow parasites since the mid-80s. And so it's imperative that we actually dose to an accurate weight because we know that if we underdose dewormers, we actually increase the risk that the parasites that are going to be exposed to that particular class uh, will develop some resistance. And with nothing new on the market, proper administration is critical to maintain our ability to control a very economically important part of a producer's uh, bottom line. So how important is a well-planned parasite management program in overall herd health? Second to nutrition, I believe that a parasite control program is really the backbone or the cornerstone of being able to make sure that both our cows and calves can reach their full genetic potential given the available nutrient resources. And when we control our parasites, not only do we improve production in those animals, but we also allow them to be able to have the necessary reserves, not only for reproduction, but also to fight any kind of virus or bacteria they may be exposed to, and then also potentially respond better to vaccines when we're using those. When we start looking at all of our cost, oftentimes producers may begin to think about cutting back on some of the expenses, and an easy one is to cut back on some of the herd health or the animal health component of it. Unfortunately, when we make that decision, we're probably setting ourselves up for some much more difficult long-term impacts. So it's key with any of our herd health programs to work with a veterinarian to help develop that. And it's also very important to incorporate both internal and external parasite management into that comprehensive herd health plan. Sounds good, Dr. Mark. Is there anything else that you would like our listeners to know? No, I think the main thing is that it's a big picture. We have to fit everything together and and make sure that your parasite control program, both for internal and external, is up to date, especially as we have differences in environmental conditions or challenges every year. Thanks, Dr. Mark. This information will be really helpful to our producers who really want to better understand parasite management strategies so that they can maximize their efforts. And thank you to our listening audience for tuning in. We'll catch you next time with more guests and topics related to the current ag climate.